Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. In the past, Lana has failed to meet me because the first time she was much too shy. The second time, her brother died on the day we were supposed to meet. Uh, the third time, she had a medical procedure that took her out of commission for a few weeks. On the fourth time, she got cold feet. But the fifth time for us is hopefully a charm. business but mine with me Kara Berry. Uh how are we doing? How are we feeling? This episode is admittedly one day late. Um you know what? I, I just needed a break. <laughs> I was just I I you know we got to the weekend and I was like I don't feel like recording this weekend so I'm not gonna do it. You know everybody just needs a break. So here we are on Monday and the episode will be dropping on Tuesday. What do we want to talk about today? I think we should start with some hot off the presses gossip from one Catherine Dennis of Southern Charm. Um, She had been called out. She, um, okay, so here's what happened. So basically, there was a woman um, named, I believe, oh, I don't know. I think her, sorry, I don't know what her name is, but she is the owner of a place called Milk. And it is a, like, high-end nail salon. So she decided to organize a Trump boat parade for May 23rd. Um, She posted this on her Instagram stories saying, you know, DMS for details, keep America great flags and gear are a requirement. The tackier, the better. Um, There's a Trump emoji, an American flag emoji, a don't tread on me, um, you know, Jeff. Uh, so there was a lady named Mika who hosts a, no, I don't think it's a show. It's a, it's a black activist network, um, in Charleston. So she posted about this lady. She also hosts a radio show. She's a podcaster. She posted a tweet. This was Sunday, May 10th in Charleston. You learn fairly quickly that the face of white supremacy resembles that of a boutique owning gatekeeping glitterati. This is Katie Shields, owner of Milk Bar in Mount Pleasant. She's order organizing a nautical MAGA rally with her friends. Katie is reprehensible. So it turns out, I guess this lady is a friend of Catherine Dennis. So... Catherine reached out to Mika and DM'd her. There's a whole big exchange. Um, Catherine's telling her to grow a pair, calling her an L7 weenie, which, okay, um, it gets better. She says, that's how serious I take this, and then uses a monkey emoji. Now, granted, let's go back. This lady is a black woman. Um, uh, Catherine goes on to say, love and light, you'll learn. Um, and then, so Mika went back and posted on her Instagram story saying, Finn, I'm done. White people challenge the explicit and subtle white supremacy you see every day. Support black, indigenous, and people of color own businesses and don't look for recognition in doing it. Share your resources and forfeit your privilege. Read books written by black authors that make you uncomfortable. Buy some Lena Rosa jewelry. 
Um, so <laughs> Catherine then replied to her Mika's story saying, why are you calling us quote unquote white people? That's so racist. Um, <clears throat> dude, you're so crazy. Your goal in posting statements is an attempt to induce a negative and stress related response only brings to light the fact that you are indeed an officially discredited source for any and all examples of role models to any and everyone. You surely are consciously or subconsciously aware that this is the truth. So I hope you take this and realize that you were meant to read those words that I'm no, you were meant to read these words to I'm return become a better advocate. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> so then she basically calls her a hypocrite, um, tells her Mika's behavior is not okay, that she's harassing this Katie girl who is her friend. So of course, you know, people were very upset that, you know, among other things, you know, Catherine would take the time to go off on this woman and then, you know, more importantly, use this monkey emoji. There's been a lot of back and forth with people as to, you know, whether or not this is okay. Spoiler alert, it is not. So then Catherine goes on her Instagram story just about an hour ago and posts the following. She posted a lot of stories, y'all. Hold on. Um, so then she goes on to post, I want to acknowledge that using a monkey emoji in my text was offensive. And from the bottom of my heart, I sincerely apologize to anyone and everyone I hurt. I was tone deaf to see how it could be perceived. Although the context was not my intention. There are no ifs, ands, or buts, and that's in quotes for some reason, that excuse me. I did not give it thought, and it was and is wrong. I know that I'm not that person. I know and will do better. Okay, fine. But I have, you know, I'm a black woman, so maybe I don't know. <laughs> but I've never heard an adult uh, refer to another adult as a monkey without there being extremely racist not even racial undertones just like outright racism like outside of calling like like a child like oh you're a crazy little monkey or like whatever like a uh, not black child by the way like I've never heard an adult refer to somebody else as a monkey without it being completely and utterly racist um I think that Southern Charm has a laundry list of horrific behavior on the part of pretty much every cast member be it um racism uh you know craig getting on uh his instagram lives was toby laren and you know we all know how she feels about everything which is uh, lord another story for another day um you know thomas ravenel don't need to get into that. Uh, Shep being really um, awful with Chelsea and trying to like force her into a kiss. Uh, what's his face? The one who sounds like Foghorn Leghorn cheating on his wife. Um, just like a just a, you know there have been a lot of rumors about um, Patricia Altshul having racist uh, art in her home and using and I can't remember what the term was for was for it but it was a horrific term that she allegedly used um in reference to this art so you know I think that like maybe the silver lining to the pandemic and uh shows being put on the back burner I think that maybe it's just time for Southern Charm to be gone like what are we really gaining from the show. Is it really truly that entertaining? No. <laughs> I think that there are a lot of shows on Bravo that deserve a much better chance, which by the way, you guys, I am fully in on Summer House. I don't know how we got here. I don't feel great about myself, but here we are. Here I am. I'm about a third of the way into season four. Oh, yeah, 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 you guys. I cannot believe that Jordan is back for more. I can't. I imagine I'll probably be done with the season in a couple days. So maybe I'll get into my thoughts on season four next week. But let me talk about season three. What happened on season three? We got introduced to Paige, Hannah, and Jordan. Um, we got introduced to Jordan's penis and the fact that it doesn't seem to work. Um, we... 
what else? What else happened? We're gone. No more Steven. No more Workus twins. No more Twisted T to be seen. Kyle and Amanda get engaged. We get the introduction of Loverboy, Kyle's new uh, hard seltzer or whatever it is. Um, we learn that Car Kyle actually cheated on uh, Amanda at some point and in between filming. That seemed like a big disaster, but they end up getting engaged in the season finale, which seems like a poor choice, and that poor choice seems to be seeping into season four, so I'm excited to see what happens from there. Uh, what else happened? Season three. I'm really, like, not understanding Danielle and her uh, purpose on the cast like I, I don't quite get it um she seems like a very much like a non-factor like yeah okay we were introduced to her and she and Carl had a previous relationship but I think we met her season two right where there was some you know iffy behavior between uh Lauren dating Carl and then also Danielle dating Carl maybe like a year or two before that but now that she everything seems to be okay, there's really no push and pull between her and Carl. Like, she just, I don't really understand why she's still there. And listen, I don't want to take food out of anybody's mouth. I don't want to, you know, but like, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get why she continues to be on the show. But frankly, like, if I were on a show, I would want to be the exact person like her. Like, nobody's interested in my stories. I don't really have to get in drama with anybody, but I'm still getting a check. So cheers to you, Danielle. Cheers to you. Um, a lot of people are saying that they love Paige and Hannah. I think they're fine. I think that they were great for the show. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think, I think they're just fine. Um, do I have any favorites on the cast at this point? No, I kind of feel like Kyle might be my favorite, even though he's really not a good person. But like, none of these people are that great of people. So what does it really matter? I think he offers a lot in terms of like their relationship. And, you know, to harken back to what people were saying about a lot of people were saying, oh, this show is so much better than Vanderpump Rules. Like, you're gonna love it. And I think that is true. I think you know, the great thing about Vanderpump and Summer House is that you have, is that you have, like, with any ensemble cast, this is why New York is great, this is why, um, I don't know, like, Laguna Beach and the Hills were great, is that these people had prior relationships with each other, friendships with each other prior to them being on the show, and so it's not like you're having to force these scenes with each other, and it seems like everybody that comes on the show has, like, an organic relationship with another cast member, um, so I think that's why the show works, um, I think that the reason maybe why Vanderpump seems to be failing is that it's not really telling the truth about their real lives and I also think that all of their lives have changed in such a major way um that it makes it hard to just film these scenes with people who probably aren't really hanging out and who have other friendships with people but are still ha required to film for the show and that they're not really having organic relationships with you know, like the new people, like it very much seems, and this was my, I don't know want to call it fear because that makes it entirely too deep talking about Vanderpump, but like, you know, Dana and Danica and Max and Brett and Brett and Max, it's like, yeah, maybe there are some organic relationships between, blah, blah, blah. is it Brett and Max? Who cares? I really, do. I don't think they're going to be on next season. So it really doesn't matter. Um, Maybe there was some integration because they were on Tom Tom, but it doesn't seem like Tom and Tom are really great friends with either of these guys. They just know them because they work at the bar that they own a minority ownership in. So, yeah, it, you know, it seems very disjointed. It feels like Dana 
could walk past Stassi and Bo on the street and like they probably wouldn't have a conversation. It doesn't seem like any of the new cast really knows the old cast that way. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I really, really hate to admit this, but unfortunately Jax's absolute horrific behavior is the most compelling thing. And I went on a rant about that. If you guys haven't um, heard that, that was the last episode before this one. So yeah, I mean, I think that I'm really enjoying the the organic relationships with the people on Summer House. A lot of the thing about them is that there's not really a lot of change. Like they're all still, you know, it's like Kyle entered the relation, entered the house basically in a relationship with Amanda. Like they weren't official, but like she was always around. And so nothing has really changed for them. And it also seems like all of them were doing well financially. And we also don't really see a whole lot of their lives outside of them being in the house. So I think that that's what really lends itself to, being more entertaining than a Vanderpump, if you will. But anyway, I've been ranting. Let's get on to story number two, which actually is Vanderpump related, sort of, is that Daily Mail came out and said that apparently Lala admitted on a show, Maria Menounos' show, Better Together, that there had been tension between Lala and Randall, who they were supposed to be married about a month ago. Um, their wedding has been postponed until July. I wonder if that's still going to be happening, but she basically admitted that they have broken up or they've almost broken up about a dozen times, um, since being in quarantine with one another. Uh, she said, you know, this is a definitely a test of people's relationships. Uh, she just says like, oh, it's so crazy because, you know, you sit there and you start bickering about little things and then you start overanalyzing everything. And like, we've just really elevated our relationship in such an amazing way. Okay. And then she says like, oh, you know, she doesn't like that. He doesn't put his laundry away. And she says, you know, like, I know we're always going to argue. And of course, we're never really going to end. We, of course, we were never really going to end the relationship, but you know, you're stuck with somebody, but there was, you know, we're in such a great place. I didn't even think we could get any better. Okay. So which one is it? Like, are you guys almost breaking up a dozen times in the course of like maybe less than two months because he doesn't put his laundry away? Or are you guys in a better place than other? Like what, what is the truth? Do I want to know? Yeah. Do I think that we're, they're going to make it down the aisle ultimately? Mm, we got two months to go. Maybe. I don't think so. And I think maybe, well, no, I'm, I'm going to change that. I, I do think that they probably will get married. I don't think that their marriage is going to see into 2022. But I also heard some tea, you guys, that maybe uh, Lala might be pregnant. So who's to say? Who's to say? Um, and I just wanted to do a quick Lori Vallow up update. She apparently... Um, we just found out, so she, her autopsies had been done on her brother who died. Um, he was the one who killed her husband. So they had done autopsies on both. Okay. So the brother killed the husband and then the brother died a couple months later. Um, and then, excuse me. And then... The wife of Chad Daybell also died two weeks prior to Lori and Chad getting married. So there were autopsies being done on the wife and the brother. So it has come out that, shockingly, apparently her brother Alex Cox died from a pulmonary embolism in December. So he, they officially have put it as natural causes Apparently nothing has happened, you know, on, on the, you know, uh, Glory's hands are clean in, in terms of her brother. What has happened to the children and to the wife of former wife of Chad Daybell remains to be seen. But in terms of that, it has been officially cleared that they do not have any evidence of wrongdoing on behalf of Lori, which is honestly very shocking. But you know what? There are still three other bodies 
that need to be accounted for. So we will be, or I will be rather, checking up on that as the updates come in. With that, you guys, let's start with 90 Day Fiance recap. Wow. The hits really keep coming. I feel like the episodes as they go on have really been getting better and better. Um, Did you guys hear that 10 hours of, so they decided to do a virtual tell-all, a virtual reunion, and 10 hours of that footage have been released on the internet. I have not seen, but maybe 30 seconds of it of just, uh, uh, baby girl Lisa going off on people yelling at them, yelling at Sean, the host, just being a, you know, basic gremlin that's been activated by water at night, uh, as she usually is. But yeah, if you guys want to catch that footage, apparently it's out. If you can't wait for the reunion, it's out there. It's out there and ready for consumption. I believe you can find it on Instagram. So let's get into this show, shall we? Let's start with Avery and Ash. We only had like, what, four four couples, five couples this episode? So, well, with the exception of, of Jeffrey and I, you know, I typically fast forward through his scenes, but I did want to see him get turned down for his engagement. And to be honest with you, even though I know very little about the story between he and Varya, I love to see it. I loved every moment of it. Anyway, on to Ash and Avery. So Ash is all packed up as we left him last episode and he's ready to leave the apartment and Avery. (laughs) And he says that he felt like after the seminar that Avery tried to destroy him because he was destroying her with his word, with her words. Excuse me. She was destroying him with her words. Okay, so then he pulls a Nancy Myers with his chunky sweater and the scarf around him. And he says, I'm going to walk out right now. If you care, show me something. Like, what? (laughs) He demands that Avery tell her, tell him that she loves him. Avery checks his ass immediately. And he was like, do you remember what you said to me? The first thing that you said to me? And he's like, that I'm heartbroken? She said, uh, no, you told me that I was heartless. And frankly, I don't understand why at this point you would expect me to listen to you after you called me heartless. Um, the, he then apologizes and he says that he was hurt and they k- kind of make up. They really just put like putting like a bandaid on a bullet hole to me and they end up leaving and we find out that he is going, to, she is going to meet Sion, his ex-wife, and Taj, his son, the following day. Now, they're a couple hours away from where Sion and Taj live, so they're going to be spending the night at a hotel um, and then see them in the morning. On the way to the hotel, Avery tells Ash that she wants to um, get her own hotel room for the night because she feels like things have not really been resolved between them. And she just kind of wants some space to, like, really think about things. So, of course, he cops yet another attitude about it and was like, you know, I thought we were building. And, you know, by saying that you want this hotel room by yourself for the night, that I feel like you're tearing down all the work that we've done. (laughs) Like, you guys didn't do any work. You had to check out of your hotel. I mean, really, that was it. And so then we, you know, she gets her hotel room. We find out that a- that Ash got another room in a different hotel. So Avery puts on her finest cowl neck sweater and pairs it with some overalls. And she goes on to meet Sion and Taj. So Ash had told Sion that night because he had, after he dropped her off at the hotel, after he dropped Avery off at the hotel, he went to go see Taj. So apparently during that time, he told Sion, his ex-wife, that they had like had some issues and gotten into an argument, but he claims that he didn't really get into the details. So Avery's, you know, they're having a nice conversation. She meets Taj. Fortunately, Taj has inherited his mother's eyes. He's really cute. And Sion and Avery end up going to a wine bar to have a little talk. 
Avery says that she's still trying to get to know Ash and she's like basically kind of grilling Zeon and like, how do you feel about him? Was there anything that I need to know? Is there anything important? Um, you know, deep, dark secrets that I need to be privy to? Like, let me know. And Zeon is like pretty kind about Ash. She says, you know what? For the most part, he's really friendly. He's upbeat. He gets along with most people. He's open. He's nice. And it really takes a lot to get him down. And when he is down, it's like a big deal. Like it's something very serious. And she's like, you know what? That's about 95% of his uh, personality. But she says, you know, I do feel like the other 5% that Ash, you know, I, I do feel like Ash is an honest person, but he does sweep things under the rug a lot, which to me is like on the outskirts of honesty, right? Because I feel like if you're always trying to make the best of things to the point where like you're avoiding situations or telling whole truths about things and like, that's not really being on, that's not really being honest, right? Like it, it isn't. Like, period. Um, and so then they're talking about their divorce and their breakup. And Sion says, you know, I really feel like Ash is a different person. He's had a lot of growth since we were together. And we were always led to believe, including Avery, that Ash and Sion had broken up years ago. They had been divorced years ago, but then we find out that they only divorced the year before. So Avery and us, me, are all pretty confused about the timeline for that, but apparently there was some justification for that, saying, you know, Sion said, frankly, the reason why we didn't, you know, we have been separated for years, but we didn't officially divorce until last year, not because we were, like, trying to reconcile or anything, but just because there really just wasn't any urgency to do so, like... We weren't together. We have a good relationship with one another. It wasn't contentious. So it just wasn't like a huge priority to be officially divorced. Um, and then Avery asks, you know, the question that I think we were all wondering and got the answer that I think we all expected about Taj moving to America and making a life there. And Sian says, you know, it's, it was very hard for me to digest when Ash brought this up. It's still a very hard thing for me to digest now. I don't like the idea of him going to America, of Taj going to America and Ash going with him. Just like, frankly, I feel like the next five years of Taj's life are really important for him to have a father. And I would really prefer that Taj and Ash both stay in Australia and then Ash can come visit you in America a few times a year and you guys try to make it work that way. Like, that is what I would prefer. And Avery, you know, is basically like, I appreciate you saying this to me. I appreciate you being honest because, frankly, Ash had made it seem like you had a much... I don't want to say better outlook. I think her outlook is great. But, you know, in terms of, like... I think that he, she was to believe, was meant to believe that she had a much more enthusiastic outlook about Taj moving to America. And that was not the case, which nobody, I don't think anybody expected. Like, I think we all, maybe as women, I think every woman expected for Sion to be like, I don't want my kid to be in a completely different country from me. Nothing is abnormal about that, right? So that was the end of Ash and Avery. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Who do I want to go to next? I think we're going to go to Ed and Rosemary. Ed is still sitting there dumbfounded where we left them last episode. He's in his little pink shirt, sweating away. And Rose continues to go in on him. She's making point after point after point that is completely correct. It was a flawless execution. Again, Rose, I give you all the props in the world for going at him like a, like a, oh, she was like Annalise Keating from How to Get Away with Murder. She's just like, yes, points, facts, here, there, here, you suck, you suck, you're an awful person, you're a sex tourist. Um, Rose goes on to say like, you know, I, frankly, I don't feel like you love my son Prince. I don't feel like you've put any time or effort into him since being in the Philippines. I feel like you've been lying to me and I feel very hurt that you cannot see how badly you're treating me. Thank you, girl. We have all been watching in astonishment about like all of these Americans. This show really makes Americans look so fucking terrible. It's like Lisa and Ed and... So many people in the past are just like, it seems like Jeffrey might feel the same way, is that there seems to be like a sense of entitlement towards these foreigners because they're American and they feel like, oh, I'm going to be bringing this person to America to give them such a great life. So maybe they're the ones that are taking advantage of me when all this time they, the Americans are making the rules, they are treating these people like they're their property and they have no perspective on how they're acting because they think that they're in the right. And every time that these, you know, foreigners go in on them, it's like, oh, I like maybe they just need to like, you know, like they're, they're just going so hard on me, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, Stephanie treats Erica the same way. We'll get into that later. But, um, you know, she said, you know, Ed goes on and <laughs> he says, you know what, this is a shock to me. Like, it really shouldn't be. Because you've been treating her consistently poorly this entire time. You've been acting like she's a whore with stinky breath and hairy legs. And you've, you know, you've been waiting 28 years, which is longer than Rose has even been alive, being single. And somehow, now that you're ready to be in a relationship, Rose is just supposed to fall at your knees your short little knees and, you know, like kiss your feet. Um, and act and like, he's got such a sense of entitlement. Like he's been this great guy. Like he's putting so much on this woman to be in a relationship because he has so much to offer. But the fact is like, if you had that much to offer, you wouldn't have been single for 28 years. If you were that good of a person, you, you know, somebody would have fallen into your lap and in something would have worked out for you. And I just, his entitlement is so gross to me. He tries to squeeze out a tear and says, you know what? I came here with love in my heart and 
I planned on proposing to you when we got back from vacation and got back to Manila and this was real for me. And Rose goes on to say, you know what? I know you're real, but your behavior is not good. (laughs) She said, I always tried to be patient with you and understand where you're coming from, but it's too much for me. She said, you hurt me and you've lied to me over and over again and I am done. And then she says, you know, I'm not going to waste my time with somebody who doesn't appreciate me. Go off queen, go off. And she is like, you know what, frankly, I hope that you change your behavior for the next relationship that you're in and that you don't put the next woman in the same position that, uh, you put me in and, and how you treated me. And, and Ed goes, so you think I'm a bad person? She goes, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Ed then walks away in his little flip flops and his sweat and he just flounces. Rose is done. She's over it. She says, I'm going to try and change my flight. She gets her stuff out of the hotel room, packs up done d o n e done so then she you know she said you know frankly i'm hurt that ed does did not at one point any point own up to his own mistakes and i feel bad that i left poor prince for this man who really doesn't want to integrate himself into my life in any sort of way and then she goes on to say you know online when i met ed on facebook <laughs> Facebook I really thought that he respected me but now that I have seen him in person I'm seeing the real him and she heads off with a red backpack off into the sunset of whatever airport she's going to and so then we see Ed he's done pouting and, and running away from the cameras and he says cannot believe this he said I walked off because it hurt me too much to hear her and then he says Maybe I just need to give her space. Maybe she needs time to calm down. Did you not hear what she said to you? She did a... An incredible execution. She didn't, like, scream and yell at you. She didn't act crazy. She didn't cause a scene. Everything she said you did... You did. And you know that because you did it. You've got the toothpaste... Um, as proof, you've got the razor that you made her shave her legs with as proof. You have the fact that you had gone to the Philippines trying to give this woman an STD test. Nothing she said was a lie. Nothing she said were things that she didn't calm, need to calm down about. No woman needs to calm down about the fact that you came here trying to propose to this woman knowing that she wanted to have two kids and that was her dream and you knew that you were getting a vasectomy like where why what's not clicking here what isn't working what does she need to calm down about i need to calm down (laughs) frankly um and with that let, let me calm down kind of and get to stephanie and erica oh My God, you guys, what a disaster. So we're back at the hotel with Stephanie and Erica, and Stephanie is planning on introducing Erica to her mother, Magda, over Skype as her girlfriend, coming out as a bisexual. Erica is dressed in her finest avocado print dress. She's got an avocado, basically about the size of avocados, (laughs) earrings. Her earring game is like unparalleled she's unmatched i said this on twitter erica is like the human equivalent of a shuttle pen which is those pins pens that we had in in uh, elementary school that you could click and it had like the different colors on it like she's everything she's rainbow bright she's she's just i just love erica and i love these just like Rose, these women who are in their early 20s, who know what they want, who are unapologetic about it, who have their heads on straight, who are able to communicate correctly, who are able to communicate in a way that makes sense. Not that it's, it's completely falling on deaf ears of their partner, but 
they're not flipping out and acting crazy and they simply want to be in relationships with these people who do not deserve them. But fortunately, when they're able to get into a discussion, an argument, whatever you want to call it, they're able to clearly communicate how they are, how they want things to be and how justified they are in a, in a great way. And I really just have to put my hat off to both Ed, Ed, Rose and uh, Erica because they communicate in a way that me as a 34-year-old woman can barely do. So anyway, they're sitting there in the computer um, making polite chat with Magda, Stephanie's mother. And, you know, Stephanie goes on to say, well... I have a confession to make. And Mog was like, what? <laughs> like, like, she immediately freaks out. And it's like, okay, well, I see where the Stephanie is getting this from now. And she goes, well, I went um, cage diving with some sharks. And Magda's like, ah, are you kidding me? She goes on to say, like, oh, you know, you know, that's not safe for you. And Stephanie's like, oh, you know, it was totally fine. Like, there was no way they can get me, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Obviously, you were about to come out as bisexual, not tell your mom that you went to go swim with sharks, but you can see Erica's face just fall. She's totally disappointed that that Stephanie did not have the courage to come out to her mother. And she was really hoping because now at this point, Stephanie's only going to be in Australia for a couple more days. And yeah, I mean, it, I think it, she was just really disappointed, but she was also understanding she was like, I get it, but like, at some point you got to do this, right? Um, so then they get off the computer and Stephanie says, you know, just saying this on the computer to my mom doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel respectful. And I just feel like I owe my mom more than coming out to her over the computer, which is completely fine. One of the three things that have made sense that Stephanie said all season, frankly. Um, so like I said, there's only a few days left. Erica is taking Stephanie to game night at Adam's house. If you guys remember, Adam is the one that Erica had made, made out with twice and Stephanie flipped her shit about at a house party that they had. So going over to this house, I'm feeling not great, not feeling Giovanni about the situation. So they're going to have a games night. Before walking into Adam's house, Stephanie goes, I'm so nervous. I hope I don't find out anything tonight. As if Erica's a problem. <laughs> so, you know, this is going to be some bullshit. And so, yeah, I mean, just like, how can you head into a situation with no perspective on the fact that like you, everybody that you're about to walk in on thinks you suck because you ruined the last party that they were at by being like instigating this argument between you and their great friend, Erica, who's an angel. She's like a Lisa Frank angel, but she's an angel. So they play this game called privacy. Everybody's sitting around. You can tell that like all her, all of Erica's friends are feeling some type of way because they know how Stephanie could potentially act. So they play this game called privacy. So basically how the game goes is you pick a card one person picks a card. There are four questions on the card. You pick one of the questions. You ask everybody the question. They, everybody has chips that say either yes or no. So all the questions are yes or no questions. They're all like, you know, provocative, silly questions about sex and blah, blah, blah. Have you ever cheated on the partner? Have you ever thought about your friend naked? Blah, blah, blah. So then everybody also has counters. So when once everybody puts in their chips to answer, then you place your counter and, and guess how many people said yes to each question. So it's like a really fun game if you are like a close set of friends, like it seems like Erica's friends are. Um, but of course, Stephanie's like, I'm nervous. But then fortunately, she gets a grip and she says, you know what, this is actually a fun game because everybody's really chill and everybody's open with each other, blah, blah, blah. Probably because there were no questions asked that she could think to fight about Erica with. So that's probably why she was having fun. Um, so what happens after that? Um, Stephanie goes on to say like, Oh, I actually trust Erica's friends. Like, Oh, congratulations to them. Like they needed that. 
Um, <clears throat> so then the next day, they're in bed, and Erica kind of brings up the question of Stephanie coming out to her mother again, and says, like, you know, Stephanie goes into her story, which is fair. Like, my mom brought me over from Czechoslovakia or the Czech Republic, and, you know, like, I have a relationship with my, uh, I don't know if it's step or stepbrother or half-brother and my stepdad, but, you know, it was just kind of like me and my mom for a while, and I really cherish that relationship, and I just want to be sure that I go about this the right way because my mom is my closest blood bond. So Erica then says, you know, I'm trying to be understanding, but I hope I don't have to wait a long time. And while I side with Erica and I always do, and I always will, like y'all see these cameras, right? Like Stephanie will be coming out whether she wants to or not, because she signed a release. Like there's no coming back from this. Like we get this right. <laughs> I don't know if maybe, I don't know how big a uh, 90 day fiance is in Australia, but Stephanie is a known person in the internet world. And even if she wasn't like, it was going to get back to Magda one way or the other. <laughs> so, um, Erica then mentions like, you know, frankly, the fact that you won't come out is kind of triggering for me because as she mentions, as we all find out at the same time as Stephanie, I was in an on and off relationship with a girl for 10 years who did not come out. And even though I just came out to my parents, I felt like it, it made it seem like maybe, like maybe that girl had, it was like truly private. Like maybe she didn't even have a relationship with Erica's friends and vice versa. Like they were had like a really very private relationship and it had Erica feeling some type of way. Like she was like a secret and like she wasn't really wanted, which I, I can understand. Um, Stephanie is like, so you're telling me you were in a relationship with somebody that I've never heard of? This is like a big deal. This is a really big deal. So now it, it comes from Erica's feelings about why Stephanie not coming out is upsetting or triggering or whatever you want to call it to her to... You had a girlfriend and you didn't tell me, <laughs> which, okay, but it's not like, that's not the point. That's not what you should be taking from this, right? So, like I said, they're in bed. Stephanie bolts out of bed, jumps out of bed, puts her robe on, and Erica's like, girl, exactly how you're behaving is exactly why I didn't want to tell you, Stephanie, about this relationship. Stephanie loses her shit. She starts screaming. She finds the nearest plate and smashes it on the floor and says, yeah, get the fuck out of my room. And then she runs out of her room. And so the hotel is kind of like Melrose Place. Like all the rooms are kind of facing this pool and they're on the ground floor. So um, Stephanie walks by the pool and she goes, um, so <laughs> I'm just feeling very confused and I don't know how to handle the information I just got. Like, yeah, you think there's a croissant on the floor because you just went into a rage and you're telling us you don't, you didn't know how to react. <laughs> okay, girl. Um, so then Erica, we get to Erica, she's crying in bed and she says this whole trip has been about Stephanie's past, about Stephanie's traumas. And she's a I have not been saying anything to Stephanie because the minute I say anything about, excuse me, about my own past, Stephanie starts to yell. Stephanie comes back to the room and she's like, you know, I, I'm sorry for smashing the plate. I just, you know, I feel like I'm manic and, and I, I'm sorry for yelling. And Erica's like, yeah, you are acting like a manic person and I don't feel like I should have to deal with that. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. The seventeen goes on to say, it's just like, you know what? I feel like I've had to let go of your past. What? Making out with some schlubby dude named Adam? Come on. She's like, I feel like I've had to let go of your past. And now I just feel like we're back at square one. Okay. Like, maybe you should think as to why she didn't tell you about that. Because she doesn't feel safe? I don't know. I mean, if... <sighs> I don't know. I mean... I kind of feel like Erica was in the wrong. Like, she should have just been honest with her about that. But, like, I don't know. But, like, I feel like also Erica was honest with her about a lot of things. And, I don't know. I feel like we should always just be honest, right? Like, if you felt like this relationship was really going to be something that Stephanie was going to feel some type of way about, like, I don't think you should have hidden it. Like, I kind of understand why you would but also it's like well you can't really be surprised that she doesn't like that you lied to her right <laughs> like I, I don't mm, this fight I'm like well, Stephanie didn't really need to react and like smash like destroy property over it but like also like she does kind of deserve honesty and it does seem like if you were hiding this one relationship in particular it is kind of fishy it is a little bit sketchy but at the end of the day I'm still on Erica's side because I feel like she really did try with Stephanie and I don't know I don't know now that I'm thinking about this I'm feeling a little bit differently <laughs> um so Basically, what happens after that is Stephanie says there's a level of misunderstanding that can't be resolved between them, so they're done. So Stephanie breaks up with Erica. Erica kind of feels how we all do is like, I went through all this work <laughs> trying to work through Stephanie's past traumas and her uh, issues only for her to break up with me. Like, that's some fuck shit, <laughs> which I don't agree with, disagree with. Um... And so basically she just packs up her stuff and leaves. She gets in her little Subaru and hops away. Hops away. Oh, let's finish with David and Lana. A truly shocking, shocking set of turn of events that happen. So we see David heading from Vegas to Ukraine to the airport. So he can go to Ukraine for time number Five. He said that when he got back to America, he kind of let things cool with Lana for a week. And by that, he means, like, I didn't feel like paying to communicate with her. So I didn't uh, hop back on that website that we chat on. But they had spoken the night before he went to the airport. And Lana told him that she was too overwhelmed to see him. So David tells her. That, okay, we don't have any more time to waste. I'm going to go to Ukraine tomorrow <laughs> to come see you. <sighs> so then we learn that Lana moved to Kiev, Kiev with her sister. So he's headed there. So last time he went to Odessa, now he's heading to Kiev. I don't know what's harder to believe for me. Like the fact that he's headed to Ukraine for a fifth time or the fact that he went in a floor length black leather trench coat like I don't want to bring up a situation that um you know makes makes these black floral length trench coats all you know infamous in, in American history but I thought we maybe left those back in 1999 if you know what I'm saying okay <laughs> um 
as he drives to his hotel, so he gets to Ukraine, it's a 24-hour flight, so as he's driving to the hotel, um, he says that, like, he has no reason to believe that Lana's lying, but he actually has no idea to really confirm if she's living in Kiev. Um, is it Kiev or Kiev? I can't remember how he pronounced it. Um, is it Kiev? Kiev, Ukraine. Kiev. I'm going to say Kiev. It doesn't feel right, but I'm just going to go with it. So then he checks into the hotel and as he's checking in, you know, he's making conversation with the concierge. She speaks English and he's like, oh, she's like, you know, are you here for business? And, and David's like, oh, well, I'm actually here to meet my girlfriend. We've, this is my fifth time in Ukraine and we haven't met yet. And we've been talking for seven years and this is going to be our first time meeting. She goes, oh, that's sad. killing me so then he goes and checks online as soon as he gets in his room he checks online to the website his face falls immediately and goes lana says she's busy so this is a friday he said lana says she's gonna be busy all weekend with her nephew's hockey game so she can meet me on monday finally finally something clicks within david and he's annoyed and he's like well this sounds like pretty messed up priorities and if she doesn't meet me on monday then i have to put my foot down so then the next scene we see david um call the concierge to hire a translator because he's going to meet sergey his private investigator that he got mad at last episode for not telling him what he wanted to hear about lana because he told him that lana was a scammer which is you know, obvious. So the translator's name is Bogdana and they, so David, Bogdana and Sergey meet at like a cafe or something to get more, so he can get more information about Lana. So David tells Sergey about the hockey game that Lana is going to and asks if there's any way, you know, if, if he can tell that Lana or her sister actually live in Kiev. So, Sergey says, you know, there's really no way of knowing. Like, she's only been there a couple weeks. He's like, she could be registered in um, Pavlograd, where she said she was living before. He's like, but, you know, she just moved. I don't really have any way of confirming that either of them live in Kiev. Like, they could live anywhere in this country. Like, there's no way to, like, pinpoint that at this point. So, then he goes, you know... I have a hard time, this is Sergei saying this, I have a hard time believing why she would put priority over a hockey game knowing that there's somebody, you know, if it's like, if there's somebody that you have feelings for, I just don't know why you would wait an entire weekend to go see them, right? Like, makes total sense. So David gets defensive again, is like, you know... Sergey, you're just giving your opinion about the situation and you're not leaving any room for chance that this woman is real. And he, um, Sergey's like, well, what I can tell you is what I told you before, which is that she's been seen on seven or eight different, uh, websites that she seems to be using them all for her financial gain. And there you go. Them's the breaks, kid. Um, so then David fires him. <laughs> it's like, Sergey, you're fired. Um, so then David gets up and walks away and Sergey says, you know what, frankly, I'm used to my clients getting upset with me and firing me. I'm like, I'm not surprised about this because frankly, they, all they want to hear from me is what they want to hear. And when they hear the truth of the matter, they get upset. Um, He's like, and I don't really understand why David doesn't see what's happening here. Oh my goodness. So the weekend goes by. It's now Monday. David has put on his finest gold colored button down that he got from like Burlington. You know, they're more than great coats. And he tucks them into his black Lee jeans. He's gathering all the things that he got for Lana, which are a box of probably Russell Stover's chocolates and what he refers to as um, special lotions. <laughs> and so he says, I'm ready to go get my girl. Um, so he's walking, as he's walking to meet her, he says, and I quote, 
in the past, Lana has failed to meet me because the first time she was much too shy, the second time her brother died on the day that we were supposed to meet, the third time she had a medical procedure that put her out of commission for a few weeks, the fourth time she got cold feet, which sounds a lot like the reason why she um, canceled the first time, but the fifth time for us is hopefully a charm. So he's pacing around in that trench coat like some sort of hitman in an 80s spy movie and they're supposed to meet at 11 so he's pacing around he's you know cracking his knuckles all willy-nilly and it gets to 1107 he thinks he might see somebody it's not her they're planning on meeting at some like you know famous square with a statue in uh Kiev so it's like there's no way that she could be mistaking where we're meeting. And then he says, Oh, I think that's her. You guys, it was actually Lana. I could not fucking believe it. I cannot believe it. This bitch actually showed up. She runs up to him. They embrace. He gets her in like a bear hug. He, uh, what? <laughs> Blown. My mind is blown. I was fully prepared and excited for him to get, I don't know, he I, he would have been, I would have thought Michelle Obama would have showed up before Lana did, but here we are. I'm shocked. TLC, 90 Day Fiance, you've done it again. If I wasn't hooked before... Here I am. What I I'm still speechless now. I cannot believe she showed up. You guys, what is going to happen next week? Only time will tell. With that, thank you so much for listening to me. Thank me for speaking. If you have not given me a five-star review yet, I would very, very much appreciate it. You can check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Wow, still very shocked. Have a great week, you guys. I'll check.